sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and the angel came to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by the statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary asked the angel, How can this be, since I have not had sexual relations with a man? The angel replied to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And consider your relative Elizabeth. Even she has conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called childless. For nothing will be impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant. May it be done to me according to your word. Amen. Thank you so much for that. Good morning, church. God has chosen to use the simplicity of preaching to transform us. All that is required is our hearts to be transformed, our hearts to be changed. So can we pray together? Father, we ask, Lord God, that you would move upon our hearts today, that our hearts would be tender, our hearts would be soft, Lord God, in your hands, Lord God, to receive what you have for us. Lord God, it is your will that we be transformed into your likeness. It is your will that we experience grace and favor. And I pray now, Lord God, that your word would fall on fertile soil. In Jesus' name, amen. Just want to say for the record, if you're a vegetarian, or if you're a vegan, or a carnivore, or an omnivore, or a chocolatarian, you are welcome in this house. <laughs> And come our week of prayer and fasting, it doesn't matter what you are. <laughs> we are in week two of, on a sermon series which is about God visiting us. And we've just seen, or heard rather, Luke 1, 36 to 38. The incredible story of the angel Gabriel coming to Mary and breaking through. I want to say to you today, the environment that Mary was born in, and the environment that the angel came and spoke God's word to was an excessively dark, dark environment. Herod the king, so-called Herod the Great, was probably the biggest tyrant that Israel had ever seen. 
Someone who kills his own family members, his own sons. Someone who gives an instruction to wipe out the boy children, nor to two in a village just so that he can hold on to his throne. If that wasn't bad enough, he wasn't even Jewish. He was Idumean and, and Cypriot. And above him was the even harsher rule that was the Romans. The economic environment was bleak and harsh. Taxation was excessive and it was corrupt. And into this environment, God breaks through. Now, the Jews were in a dark place. They were falling between what Tertullian speaks about in terms of the gospel ever falls between two thieves. On the one hand, you've got this hedonism or paganism. And at the time, there were about four or five factions within the Jews. And, and the Hellenists were following the one. They were following this path of saying, the only fulfillment is in the flesh. The only enjoyment is, is YOLO. You only live once. Let's just make as much money. Let's have as much fun. Let's pursue our own desires. Paganism, hedonism. And on the other side, and this is also a deadly trap, instead of relationship with God, what the Jews were experiencing was Pharisaicism. It's rule upon rule upon law upon bylaw upon micro-law. More than the European Union puts out in terms of laws, the Jewish scholars had built up this Talmud, which was, you know, never mind the 631 laws. Let's tell you the interpretation of that and the interpretation of that and the interpretation of that. And into this darkness of hedonism where there was no life and this darkness of, of religious legalism comes the great news of Jesus Christ and its relationship with God. No longer being in bondage to sin. No longer being estranged and separated from the Father. But here comes the angel declaring that Jesus has come. And his name is Emmanuel. God with us. That no longer are we far from God. But we're in a place to experience life. And life abundantly. Isaiah 9 verse 2. Prophesying about Galilee, it says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Praying for you yesterday, I just felt like there are many of you who are in a difficult place. And some of you are in a dark place. Some of you are in a place of, of relational tension. Some of you are in a place of being estranged, separated from God. Some of you are in a place of, of financial crisis. And you know what the response of God is? To break through. To break through into your situation. This is his heart. This is his will. This is his plan and purpose from the very beginning. It's not to leave you in your brokenness. Not to leave you in your place of separation from the goodness of God. But it's to break through. So let me tell you just an incredible story of God breaking through. Yesterday we went down to Fundabel. That's where my wife's family is. And uh, we celebrated my niece, Nicholas' sister's daughter, her graduation. Now, when she was about 10 months old, it was identified that, and I asked her if I could share all of this, and she said, please do. When she was about 10 months old, it was identified that she had major difficulties, that she wasn't 
probably not going to talk and she probably wasn't going to walk. She was allergic to almost everything. She went through terrible stuff as a teenager, all kinds of abuse. Her, her mom and dad um, were divorced. And by some miracle, she managed to pass her matric and, and walk and talk, but not talk much. Um, and that was in the matric. And then God broke through into her life. And she started to see Jesus for who he was. She started to turn from the life that she'd been on, the path that she'd been on. And we celebrated yesterday that she had graduated from tax with distinctions in her fourth year in every single subject. And she graduated as a teacher. And you know what she wants to do? She wants to teach children with disabilities. <laughs> which is just so incredible. That's where she was. And God broke through into her life. I don't know what you're going through, but I know I need the breakthrough of God into my life. I need the fullness of Jesus, God with us, Emmanuel, in my life, in every season. And God wants to do it and meet you today. Will you by faith receive what God has for you? Because he wants to break through into your situation. Now what is so interesting is Mary's response. Okay, Mary's response to the angel. It says she was deeply troubled by the statement. What's the statement? The statement is that you have found favor with God. The Lord is with you. I mean, if you heard that, how would you respond? The Lord is with you. You find favor with God, and the, and the word literally means, it's diatrasso, forgive my pronunciation, but it means to agitate greatly, to be troubled, to be stirred up. Now, why was she agitated? Well, firstly, whenever people met angels, there seemed to be some reaction. <laughs> That's why almost always the second thing that angels said is, do not be afraid. Perhaps this angel Gabriel, who'd been in the presence of God and was sinless, and maybe just there was an afterglow of the holiness of God, perhaps she became aware of her sinfulness. And contrary to what some uh, denominations say, Mary, like all of us, had sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So she's probably like, ah, who, who am I to receive this message? Third option. Perhaps she was a good Jewish woman who'd been betrothed, which was as good as married, and she had her best laid plans all laid out for her. Okay, she was marrying a good Jewish boy, a good carpenter, and she had her life set. And now somebody comes along and says, the Lord is with you. And she's going like, okay, what comes next? <laughs> Do you remember at school when you got a call to the principal's office? And you're thinking... This can't be good. <laughs> you know, when God comes into our life, when God speaks into our life, depending on our perspective on God, depending on how we see Him, we will respond very differently. A.W. Tozer says the following, what comes to mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Do you see Him as good? Do you see him as for you? Do you see that his commands are for your good and for your blessing? Or are you a bit like, okay, I'm not quite sure about this. 
So Mary is distressed, and, and I used to judge Mary. I, I, I read the scripture and like saying, geez, I wouldn't be distressed. I'd be like, hallelujah, the Lord is with me. But think about it today, and I want to bring it down to today, how we respond. So what God does, I believe. He comforts the disturbed, but he disturbs the comfortable. <laughs> he comforts the disturbed, and you, if you are troubled and in a difficult place, he's come to comfort you. But for those of you who are very comfortable in your little zone, I think he wants to disturb you. So here's some examples of how God disturbs us today. He says, and, and the world reacts towards this, he says, he's the king, and not you, and not me. He is holy, and, and I need forgiveness. He comes from a perfect relationship with the Father, whereas my relationship outside of Jesus is broken. I don't have a relationship with God. He has plans for my life, a great plan for my life. And what do I need to do? I need to align to it. He disturbs us by saying things like, you know, your body is not your own. You've been bought with a price. And what you do with it really matters. And that just like shakes everybody. You, you mean I can't just sleep around? I can't just whatever? He determines right and wrong. Remember the sin in the Garden of Eden was to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? What's that saying? That man wants to determine what is right and wrong. And we don't want anybody telling us. But God comes and he dear trusts us. He challenges us. He disturbs us. And he says, that's your opinion, but let me tell you the truth. You know, when I think about Herod, King Herod, he was seriously disturbed when he heard another king had come. And you know what he was saying? Don't dethrone me. I don't want to be taken out. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me that I'm not perfect. Don't tell me that I need help. Don't tell me that there's an assignment. Don't tell me that there's a call in my life. Don't tell me that I have to give up the throne. Because I want to stay in power. If you're on the throne of your life, let me just ask you a question. How's that going? <laughs> How's that going, doing it your way, as opposed to doing it God's way? He disturbs us, not to punish us, but because he knows what's right for us. He knows what's good for us. As I used to say to James and Sean, when we're standing before them and they're not eating their supper, I'd say, look, my boy, you can have this the hard way or the easy way. You can either eat your supper or you can scream and cry and protest and lie on the floor. And then eat your supper. <laughs> but you will eat your supper. We can have it the hard way or the easy way. We can yield to God and allow him to shake up our life and, and put us on the call. Or we can have it the hard way. Where we go our own way. And that's the theme song of hell, Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. Will we allow ourselves to be disturbed by God? Now, how does, how does the angel, and he's representing God, how does he respond to Mary's questions? And how does he respond to Mary's distress? 
he does two incredible things. He gives Mary testimony of what is, what is happening right at that point and says, your cousin Elizabeth and her old husband, they are pregnant, they're having a baby. He builds up, he, he addresses her doubt and her unbelief with a testimony. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You know, in the Hebrew, what the word testimony means, literally, is to repeat, is to do it again. When you hear testimony in, in our connect groups, in our small groups, we always try to say, okay, who's got a testimony? Why do we do that? Not to brag, except to brag in God, but that you might hear it and go like, as I hear it, as I'm hearing this testimony, it builds faith in me, and I say, do it again. Mary says, just as, as Elizabeth has fallen pregnant, let it be, do it again. It says in Revelation 12, verse 11, they conquered him, talking about the evil one, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. There is such power in testimony. Now, I want to share a testimony with you about a week ago. Um, this has been a big year for us as a family for a number of reasons. And about a quarter of the way in, I did my sums and I said, and don't feel sorry for me, this is a testimony. Okay? I did my sums and I said, we are going to be cash flow negative this year. Anybody ever feel that way? Or anybody ever be that way? You know? and, um, and one of the things was, we had our son's wedding, and uh, so I'm praying a couple of weeks ago and just saying, Lord, I commit this to you. I commit these, these needs to you. Monday, I get a call. Um, some of you know I was in business, and when the church asked me to come full-time, I uh, handed over most of the company, just gave shares to the staff just that there would be continuity and and I'm a minority stakeholder, and, and the company has floundered the last three, four years, but I've just felt to stay focused on ministry and, and not to dive back in there. Anyway, I hadn't heard from them. I hadn't heard from my fellow directors for months. When I'd spoken to them in August, it was things are moving downwards, you know, a loss for another year. So they phone me up and they say, Roger, good news. We're issuing a dividend. <laughs> okay? Issuing a dividend and, wait, don't... And it covers the wedding and plus. So I'm just like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> now, now, I say that to you. For those of you who are saying, Lord, I hear that testimony. Now do it for me too. Amen. Do it for, Give me breakthrough. Give me physical breakthrough. Give me relational breakthrough. Give me financial breakthrough. Because that is our response when we hear a testimony. Because it's God that does it. It's God that surprises us. In this case, it was from a complete blind side. I had no expectation of anything. But God does things for us. And God does things on our behalf. And we praise Him for it. And as we hear these testimonies in our small groups and today, say in your heart, Lord, do it for me too. Lord, do it for me too. The other thing that the angel does, builds Mary's faith up with the Word of God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I read a lot. I read a lot of Christian books. I read a lot of secular books. I read a lot of journals. I read a lot of things. But let me say this. The thing that determines my heart, the thing that I need to watch at all times, is that my soul 
and mind is filled with the Word of God. That it's the Word of God, God's Word and God's promises that are defining me and leading me. And sometimes I just find myself drifting a little bit. Maybe my heart is a little bit hard. That never happens to any of you, I know that. Uh, I'm just wrestling with some stuff and I've been flying to Cape Town often, so I'd get on the plane and just open up my Bible and just read and read and read until I'm happy. Okay? (laughs) Just read and read God's Word until I'm strengthened on the inside. You know, how do you deal with stuff in your heart? If I said to you, don't think about the pink elephant, it doesn't help. Okay? The thing that transforms us is the Word of God. The thing that cleanses us and renews us, and there's eight things at least, there's probably a list of 25 things, but there's at least eight things that I want to highlight to you that God's Word does for us. And Mary received God's Word and she changed. But firstly, we encounter Jesus through the Word. We experience Him. We receive His heart. We encounter Jesus through the Word. If you're not experiencing God, if you're not encountering Jesus, get into the Word. We are fed by the Word. The Word is for our soul to feed us and to strengthen us. We are healed by the Word. We are cleansed by the washing with the water of the Word. If you feel like the world is on you, if you're struggling with sins, if you're just dealing with stuff, bitterness, anger, lust, whatever it is, be cleansed by the Word of God. We get guidance through the Word. We get wisdom through the Word. You want to know the will of God? First and foremost, it's the Word of God that gives you guidance. We all want prophecies, and I believe in prophecy. But the primary way whereby God speaks to us is His Word. That's where we get wisdom. And if you want wisdom, then meditate on on the wisdom literature, on, on Proverbs, on the book of James. Camp in a place where you can receive God's instruction. How do we fight? How do we fight those things that come against us? We fight with the word of God. What does Jesus say when the devil came after him? It is written. It is written. It is written. So, listen, I'm I'm all for positive thinking, and if you do neuro-linguistic programming, hallelujah, whatever, but, but let me tell you this. Ultimately, how we fight is with the word of God. That is how we deal with our enemies. That is how we overcome stuff in our own soul and stuff around us. And we are drawn to prayer and we are drawn to worship through the word. We are drawn back to Jesus and back to worshiping him. Now, Mary's faith is built up. You know what happens to Mary? She becomes the first. The first what? Mary, I believe, is the first Christian. Okay, consider this. She hears the revelation of Jesus, the Son of God, coming into the world, the Savior of the world. And she says, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be done according to your word. And she wasn't just like, okay, like if it has to be, you know. Because a verse or two later, we see the Magnificat, where she says, my soul and spirit worship him. She is all in when she's saying, I'm the Lord's servant. I'm yours, Lord. I'm yours. I give myself to you. And let it be done according to your word. Have you said that to God? Have you said, whatever it takes to bring Jesus into the world, I'm the Lord's servant. Let it be done according to your word. 
Mary said, you know what, despite the shame, despite the awkwardness, despite what society says about me, despite the fact now, Joseph, I'm pregnant, despite what the people are going to say, they see she's pregnant and she's not married, despite all of that, she says, I'm the Lord's servant, according to your word. Sometimes we are hesitant, sometimes we shy away, sometimes we're embarrassed to stand up and say, I'm the Lord's servant, and I will stand up for him to bring Jesus into the world. Okay, Mary brought Jesus in a particular way, but we are called to bring Jesus too. Through the life that we lead, through the words that we speak, through the testimony that we declare, we too are called to be the Lord's servant. And we too are called to bring Jesus into the world. Can you say with full conviction, I'm your servant, Lord. Let it be done according to the plan that you have for my life, according to your word. A recap. God wants to break through into your situation. doesn't matter how dark, how bleak, how broken, how tense, how estranged. God wants to break through into your darkness. For some of you, he wants to disturb you. <laughs> he wants to disturb you because you're living in this comfortable little picket fence, us two no more, draw a circle around ourselves. And God's saying, I want to use you to bring Jesus into the world. Some of you need to go back to just reading your Bible. You heard about the pastor who visited and had a fantastic meal and then he left, and uh, for a whole year, the wife was really upset because she said, you know what, the pastor stole our, our spoon. He stole our silver spoon. So a year later, he came for another meal, and the woman confronted him and said, pastor, I just want to say, why did you take our spoon, you know, our silver spoon? And the pastor said, no, 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 I just, as I was leaving, I put it in your Bible. Didn't you see it? <laughs> Some of you need to dust off your Bible. Some of you need to find that silver spoon in your Bible. Some of you, the state of your heart is because the Word of God is not in you. And all of us need to say, as Mary did, I'm the Lord's servant. I give myself to you. I put my faith and trust in you. I believe the word spoken. And I surrender to you. Not my will, but your will be done. Let's bow our heads and pray together. Jesus, you have come to comfort us and you've come to disturb us. And Lord, where we are sitting on thrones that we shouldn't sit, where we are like Herod with tooth and claw holding on, Lord, give us grace. If you're in a place of darkness, if you're in a place of being separated from the Father, the wonderful news is you don't have to clean up your act. Jesus has come to give you life and life abundantly. And it's not about your good works. It's about His great deed that He has done. So if you're here today and you know that you're far from Him. You've drifted. 
Or maybe you've never known him. You've never received forgiveness. You've never said to him, I'm your servant. I trust you. Be it according to your word. If you're in that place today where you want to experience the life that God has for you, his light breaking through and and you are willing to confess your sin and receive him as your Lord and Savior, then I want you to do this just as a decisive act. It's for you. It's above all for God, but it's also that I can see. If you want to come to the Father today and receive the forgiveness that comes through Jesus, just lift up your hand as the act of saying, God, here I am. Come into my life. Just lift your hand up high. Be decisive. Thank you. Two or three hands here. God bless you. Church, won't you all please stand? This is just logistical. Please stand. I'm not going to ask you to say a speech. I'm not going to embarrass you. But if you lifted up your hand, won't you come to the front now? I want to pray for you. There. The, the people are clapping for you. The people are clapping for you because the Bible says heaven rejoices when one sinner comes to repentance. So if you lift it up your hand, once you come to the front, I'm not going to embarrass you. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. So a couple other people. If you don't want to come, please come speak to me afterwards. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Why don't you pray it aloud? Church, can we support him as he prays? Support him by praying with him, praying aloud. Lord Jesus, I repent. I repent from doing it my way. And I choose to follow you. Come into my life. Cleanse me. Renew me. Give me life. I receive you as my Savior. And I declare that you are my Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. We pray never the same from today, Lord God. Life and life abundantly, Lord God. Lord, just add it into community. Add it into relationship. Above all, add it to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Church, every Sunday... Every Sunday, we experience miracles. People come to the front and they're broken and they're sick and they're tired and they've got drama and trauma. And and there's a ministry team here. And and through the simple act of laying of hands, come forward now, ministry team. Through the simple act of, of laying of hands, brothers and sisters agreeing with you, we see miracles and healing every week. So if the ministry team could please come forward now and connect leaders as well and As we conclude the service, if you need prayer for anything, if you're in a place of darkness, hurt, brokenness, and you need breakthrough, don't leave this place without receiving ministry. We want to stand with you, and we want to see your breakthrough come. Amen.